Jesus, as we take your word and we jump in together as, as your people, we pray that your spirit is moving among us, that you're speaking through your word to us. Thank you for this beautiful reflection that you are the king and that we need to be submissive to you and have our hearts and our minds melt before you. So whatever you're wanting to do in our life today, I pray that we are open and we're willing. Thank you so much, Christ. Remove me, but use me for your glory today. Amen. We've been doing this series around your kingdom come, looking at the idea of what it would be like for God's kingdom to be present through our lives. And we've been talking several weeks ago, we looked at as an individual in the home, what that looks like as an individual in our home to be kingdom and dwelling in that home. What kind of culture does that set? And then we talked around the idea of a marriage. So some homes have individuals, but some, every home has individuals, but some are married, but some homes have marriage. And what does it look like as a married couple? And we talked around this idea of oneness. And then um, last week, Mark talked about being parents. What does it look like to be a kingdom parent in the home? And this week, we'll finish up the idea of the home, but I want to go back to marriage. And we're going we're to kind of come back to that idea around marriage once again to wrap up this idea of the home. I know not all are married, and that's okay, but there is a special, special message, I think, in this for us today that I'm excited to be able to share, and it really won't even be me sharing, and that's why it's good. Um, but I want to just give you a bit of a reflection over what we talked about a few weeks ago, in case you weren't here or you forgot, I'm sure most of you, if you were here, you could recite that sermon back because you just watched it over and over and over. Maybe not. Okay. So I talked out of Genesis and the, the understand that God designed marriage. The idea was God's idea. That when he created all things, he looked at Adam, he said it's not good for Adam to be alone. And he didn't say that it wasn't good because it surprised him because he's God. He's not surprised by anything. He said that for us, to make us realize that he had a purpose and a plan for Adam. And that was the female. That was Eve. And it talked about he created male and female, and he put them together in this oneness. And we talked out of three things that make them one, coming out of Genesis. The first thing is that they are comparable. They were the only thing created in the likeness of God. You remember that? He created male and female in his image. Everything else was created, but they were created in his image giving them a connection that nothing they had with nothing else. They were connected to one another in a way out of being connected to God out of his likeness. So they were comparable to one another. But they were also compatible because God gave them a purpose, the purpose to go glorify his name, to multiply, fill the earth with the image and the likeness of God. And that man and woman come together as one, comparable out of likeness to God, but compatible out of their purpose to bring glory to God. And then there was the covenant, that verse that, that Jesus even quoted in Matthew, as we'll look at in a second, that man and woman are managed to leave his, his family and become one with his wife. One, this idea of oneness. In Genesis' account, it actually says that they, it ends by saying in chapter 2 that they were naked and unashamed. And we talked about the fact that this covenant means that there was openness, nakedness, and they were unashamed, which means there was a freedom. So this oneness is this comparable life out of the likeness of God 
with a compatible purpose to bring glory to God in a covenant relationship that is open and free, naked and unashamed. But we messed that up. When sin entered the world, that beautiful image and that beautiful picture of marriage was tainted. It was tainted forever because of our sin nature and our struggle. Our relationship to God, which we were created for, was messed up. Our relationship to one another as as male and female was messed up. And our relationship to the earth even was messed up because we were called to, to have dominion over the things of the earth. But we've messed all that up. And the fall happened. And we talked about that. But then there's that passage in chapter 3 as, as God is going through all the things that happen and he pointed out a very significant thing when he talked to Eve and he said that, that you will have pain in childbirth but you, you will be after your husband. There is this need within woman to dominate or over, overthrow men but men, you will rule over your husband, your wife. There is this need for you to dominate women and there lies the problem in our relationships of male and female. It's there. God said it. This is the problem. And it's lived on and on and on and on. And Jesus even now talks about that as as he is approached in Matthew chapter 19, as we just read, and it said to him, what do you think about divorce? Is it okay for men to divorce their wives over anything? And Jesus' words are quite important. I want you to see them. Jesus' response to this in verse 4 says, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two but one flesh. Therefore what God has joined together let no man separate. Jesus points him back to the design of marriage. Wait a minute, you're asking me if it's, it's never okay for man and woman to be separated from the oneness that God designed, God intended, and that God put together. And if you read on there, Jesus says, but because of your hard hearts, the way you were treating women, men, you were trying to dominate, which I said you were going to do in the garden, the way you were trying to dominate, there had to be some sense of grace to get women out of this relationship that wasn't right. So God allowed, the Father allowed divorce. It just shows, and it shows the downfall and the problem with our sin nature, even in marriage. But now, as I pointed out to you two weeks ago, the very end of that story in Genesis 3, around the fall of humanity, when God had to remove them from his presence, He covered them with animal skins. He covered them with animal skins, sacrificed animals and clothed their shame to signify that one day Jesus would sacrifice himself for us. Get close, beloved, and hear me. Sacrifice himself for us and cover us, clothe us. Matter of fact, in Corinthians 2, um, in Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that we become the righteousness of God in him, the hope of restoration. Well, why is that important? Because if the fall destroyed marriage and messed it up, the resurrecting power of Christ can heal a marriage. Are you with me? 
It can redeem a marriage. It can fix a marriage. That power of what Christ did for us at Calvary is not just over the salvation of our soul. It is for our life. And it brings hope and restoration to everything. So my point, beloved, is if God has designed it this way and this is his intent and we've messed it up and we've called marriage all these different kinds of things out there in life and made it what we wanted it to be, but the truth of what it is and what God desires it to be, it can still be through the power of Jesus Christ in our life. That's the hope. Now, I'm going to quit talking because for you today, I have an exciting thing. And it's not just that I'm going to quit talking. That's pretty exciting. I've got a couple who are willing to come and share their journey. And I want you to pray for them as they come. And I want you to offer grace to them because they're going to be very open and real with us. And they've had some hard things happen in their marriage. But you're going to hear a great testimony of God's faithfulness and God's goodness. So I want you to pray, John and Vicky, if you guys will come up. And we're just going to shift gears a little bit, and we're going to spend some time talking with John and Vicki about there's all these things that cause us to fracture the oneness that should be in a marriage. But there is one thing that will always bring oneness back, and that's Christ, if we'll surrender ourselves to him. So thanks so much for coming up. Welcome. Thank you. So you guys are in this service, if you can hold really close. Um, there's some old people in the back, like Colin Jones, that can't hear too well. Um, oh, no, that's not true. Now, on the, on the live stream, just so they can hear well, make sure to hold close. So we'll start with just um, you guys sharing a little bit about yourself. Not everyone here knows you, um, but just give us just a, a quick synopsis of, of you. Okay, I'm Vicki. Um, I was born into the family of a Baptist minister. Um, I've known Jesus since the day I was born. Um, when I was a teenager, for whatever reason, I didn't want that life and I took off away from God for about seven or eight years and got up to some mischief and in a crisis I came back to Jesus with a three-year-old son <laughs> and um, yeah, I started going back to church again. And my name's John, and uh, I, in the early part of my life, was in the Seventh-day Adventist church, which was very, very strict, and there were lots and lots of rules. And um, my old man became an alcoholic. It's okay, mate. It's all right. When I was about nine, he became an alcoholic, <coughs> and my life changed. And he was pretty violent, and, um, and it was a tough life. Um, when I was about 22, a mate of mine who was a drummer in a band I was in became a Christian, and I felt very sorry for him that he'd taken that dark path. But then he started sending me letters uh, telling me about Jesus and... Um, about the second coming and all sorts of things. And I remember sitting at my bedroom window one night, just looking out and going, oh, Jesus is coming back. I'm in trouble here. I don't know what to do. And over time, some people told me the, the gospel that I could come to Jesus as I was, and I did. And um, he saved me. Mm. And um, then when Vicky became a Christian, I was already at that church and, and we met. 
and we um, got engaged within five weeks, married within six months, and that's kind of... Yeah, yeah so, so you both had some difficulty as you were brought up in, in your childhood, but you came together in church, you met in, in the church, is that correct? Yep. And got married pretty quickly, yep. um, and life began as a married couple. So how long have you guys been married? Uh, 35 years. 35 years. Yeah, yep. And along that, that road, as you've shared, there was some, some difficulties. And you even said in the first service, probably the quickness of your marriage may have caused some of that, but not always. Is that the case? But, but what were some of those difficulties that you began to experience in your marriage? Um, okay, so we, we brought a lot of baggage into our marriages. We were both brand new Christians, really, and hadn't dealt with a lot of stuff. Very, very quickly in our marriage, we started having the most horrible arguments, um, abusive, terrible, um, saying all sorts of things to each other. And then I would hit a point where I would take it further and to my incredible shame, I became violent, which I hated. But I did it. And we lived like that for 11 years, where we would go through periods that we were going really well, and then um, something would blow up, and bang, off it would go again. And then after 11 years, um, we, we knew one night, we both knew, and I think God was telling us it had to stop, and we separated. Mm. So those 11 years, you said you had okay times, but, but always this underlining tension that at any moment things could explode, Vicky. So, so how were you feeling in, the, in that place in those 11 years, knowing that at any moment um, things could just turn, turn south? And as you said yourself, it wasn't all just, just John. You certainly had your, your issues there as well. So. It was pretty awful. Um, we were involved in church. Um, our kids are in the middle of it all. And, yeah, it was just awful because it was a secret. Nobody knew except us. And so we were just, you know, tearing our hair out in the car before church and we'd walk in and do church. Wow. And we knew that wasn't right. So at, so at that point, over those 11 years, you never felt that you could talk to anyone, any minister, any church, or just didn't want too, to talk Too embarrassed. About yep, too embarrassed. Too ashamed. My family, nobody knew I... To me, I just failed. Yeah. So I just thought, well, you got into this, you've got to live it. So yeah. So you didn't yeah. see any way out of it? No. Just, yeah. And then I left. And then that's when the separation came, 11 years in. So, so what was that separation period like for you? Talk us through that a little bit because, I mean, there are people who certainly experienced that and, and, and you, you talk about it. It was, well, you share. How was it for you to be separated? It was eight months or so? Yeah, um, it was just horrible. It was just just not what God wanted for us, but at the same time he did because he needed to give us that space to deal with the stuff that we had to deal with and he needed to be able to change us. And it was just an agony. Um, I got to see the kids on Wednesday nights and every second weekend, which just tore my heart out. Um, and um, 
there was just so many tears, just so many, it's still happening, I can't believe it, mm. 23 years later, yeah. but just a lot of tears, a lot of pain. Yeah, so it was a lot of pain for you, those, those months apart, and, and what about you, the, the separating, the swapping of the kids as you had shared, um, Vicky, how um, was that? Yeah, that was really awful, and still now when I see, I often see parents, um, fathers in the shopping centre on Friday nights, and you can tell, you can tell the ones that have just picked their kids up, and I, I feel it for them. Just the custody thing was just heart wrenching, and we only went through it for eight or nine months, so yeah, it was really awful. Uh. Yeah, and look, and please hear, this isn't saying to anyone who's walking in that right now, we want to be sensitive as well, that, that where you are in that place, they understand, and they get that, and it's not in any way a judgment or a condemning of that process. They know it, um, and they understand it, and I want to make sure you guys embrace that. So, so what happened in the midst of that that really flipped things? I mean, you're here today, so evidently the separation didn't last. Um, you are together. So, so what happened? What changed? I was meant to tell about the custody. Okay. Because one Saturday, um, John had picked the kids up and I was home by myself going, yee-hoo, I'm single, and thinking I was going really well under my own steam. But I was, I was really, really devastated that I was single because I had been single with a child before and here I was again, single and broken up. And, yeah, I was, I was really upset as well and during that afternoon um, God actually said to me about forgiving John because I just said well I don't care I'm never going back there and I don't forgive him and I'm never going to forgive him and um, God just pulled my hair and said excuse me who do you think you are for not forgiving when I've already forgiven him mm. and I, I know that I know my Bible I know God, I know how God works, and I just thought. So, so to clarify, you had seen in John, and, and maybe we'll be getting to show this, you'd seen in John a change, that he had really begun to make a shift, and you weren't really, that was great, but I don't want any part of that. I don't want to go back because yeah. maybe you didn't trust or whatever the case. So, so John, just to clarify that. What was that change that you had experienced during this separation? Um, there was a very dramatic moment when Vicky had dropped the kids off one night and we had a, a row at the car and she said, I don't care what happens, I'm never coming back. And I went inside and I was just walking around the empty house and I was just crying and sobbing and carrying on. And I just felt like God said to me, hey, there's some people praying down at the church. Get in the car. Get in the car and go there. So I did, and I didn't know them that well. And I thought they'd hate me, and I drove down really quickly and um, sort of stumbled out of the car, and one of the guys was outside of the church, and he came and grabbed me and, and just took me inside. Then another guy came up, and he just... <laughs> he kissed me on the head. <laughs> And they just prayed for me. They prayed for me a lot. And I just sat on the ground just crying and they were praying and praying and praying. And then I kept going back every week and they kept praying and praying and praying and praying for months. 
and I didn't think there was any hope. I didn't think that we were ever going to get back together, and I went and saw a, a Christian psychologist, counsellor, and even he said to me, mate, he said, if you're coming to get back, if you're coming to see me so you can get back with your wife, don't come anymore. Because that's not what it's about. It's about you dealing with what's wrong in your life. And that's what God was saying to me. I don't, I don't want this. I don't want this in your life. Mm. You and me need to, to get this sorted out. And so he let me go through, you know, the, the pain and, and that sort of thing. And, um, yeah. So just on that, John, I mean, well done, mate. Like, you, you're right. We have to deal with ourselves, don't we, first. Any relationship, there's two people. And if we're not getting things right with ourselves, we'll never be able to be the husband or, or wife we need to be. But what courage, mate, to be able to admit that. And even sitting here today sharing very openly, you know, your struggle with, with violence and, and abuse. But yet, amen, man. I just, I just really want to encourage you because that, that takes courage to even say, I need help. I need fixing um, things in my life. And I share that because all of us have brokenness in our life. And if we sit there and keep it hidden and pretend it doesn't exist, um, God can't heal it. He can't move in it, but, but a key to you sitting here today is the courage you had to really um, to say, I need help, and, and win and let God do his, his healing. So you begin to experience this forgiveness of God in your life, and this really, this, this grace and peace of Christ. You saw that, and you're like, yeah, I don't want that, um, and that's where you were coming from, right? That's fine, but I don't want, I don't want to forgive him. So, so what happened? So... Then Jesus just really challenged you in that. Yeah, and then there was another point where I know people say God spoke to me and sometimes sometimes that's been abused, but God did speak to me mm. one day and he did say, it's going to be all right. And I actually went from, you know, it's over forever, that's it, yeah. no hope. I went from that to... I could see a future. I wasn't sure what it would be or how long it would be, but I could see it. And so I just kept it to myself for a while and then eventually I just shared it and we just started spending a bit of time together and then, but I was really strict. Like I said, you know, we have to go on dates and stuff like that and I'm not moving back yeah. till so-and-so. And, yeah, yeah. We, we had to really work on it properly yeah. and, and with God. And for you, what courage, Vicky, because coming out of an abusive relationship um, and being willing because you feel God impressed on you to trust him, that he's done a work in John, um, that, that had to be difficult to, to really open up and trust again. So you took little steps, you said. It was, and of course there was people that were saying, you're mad, but it was, that's how it's, it's our marriage is a God thing because I just knew and, and I, I was able to like, I don't care. I know God. I know God can fix it. Yeah. But I did want to say something before we go any further. Sure. I said it in the earlier service. Um, this is not the baddie. He's not. You know, it takes two. And as the years went on, I got really good at fighting as well. So I just want everyone to know that it's just not this bloke. And um, I knew the good guy, and I knew that he was a good guy that had been hurt. We just dealt with stuff the way we knew best, and it wasn't right. I actually really love this. Um, 
And here's a wife who is honoring, respecting her husband, who at one point was very abusive and violent. But you see the oneness that's developing out of a relationship with Christ. She wants to make sure you know he's a good guy. I know you're a good guy, mate. I love you. And conversations I've had with you are fantastic. Um, and and that, that's great. And I just think that's so beautiful, Vicki, that for you, this is the second time we've talked, and you've made sure to point that out because for you, you want him to be honored. Yeah, it's well, beautiful. Uh, there is a lot of violence out there, I know, and I know there's a women's movement against it. But I also know that there's a lot of nasty women out there as well. Yeah, um, yeah and, so, and in this case, it wasn't just like, it w- yeah. yeah, it was just a, a bad way sure. of us trying to sure. deal with it. Without God, we just yeah. trying to have a marriage without God and it doesn't work. So you started taking small steps. Um, what, when did you really begin to sense, hey, this is actually going to work? Like, God's really done something here. When, when did that moment come about for you? Um, actually, just fairly early in the piece of getting back together, Vicky was heading off to uh, um, Brisbane and I was picking the kids up. And just before she left, she just said to me, don't worry, it's going to be okay. And um, then I knew it was. There was a peace that you had, Vicky, that continued to affirm and encourage. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. I stopped fighting. I stopped fighting. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and now, many years later, you guys, not perfect by any means. That's a shock, I'm sure, but they're not. Um, not perfect, but living your life for God's glory. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're having, we're having a crack at it. You know, we, we get it wrong um, a lot of the time still. We've, we've gone through a lot of stuff since we got back together. Vicky had cancer five years ago. She's gone through the terrible pain for a, for a lady of losing her hair to alopecia. And we've had to just... That oneness, I think, had to be present. And it, it carried us through that, that stuff, you know, because... In reality, the, the oneness is, is broken when we, when we seek ourselves mm. and we don't seek each other yeah. or don't seek, you know... Uh, I think if, if my greatest joy is to see my wife's greatest joy, then we're kind of on the, mm. on the track a bit. So we've, got, we've done those really hard yards. We were living in Queensland. We came back here a few years ago. To be honest, the past couple of years, we've got pretty slack and... Um, in terms, we've got lazy. We're, we're old. We're tired. Well, I say we're old. Vicky says we're Saying not. We're old. That's because she's older than we. We feel old. We're but but we're, we're tired. You know, we feel like we've yeah. been smacked around a fair bit, and we've actually become pretty lazy. And Brent, thank you for inviting us to do yeah. this because oh, this has helped you, us to re yeah. refocus and understand that right now we need to lift our game again. And, and we need to work at following Jesus in our marriage. And I think yeah. that's just always yeah. got to be the, the focus. So, yeah. yeah. And, and look, mate, the fact that you're 80 doesn't mean you're old at all, mate. So don't worry. Yeah, yeah nearly 81. Oh, yeah. Now, look. I'm the oldest. Oh, there you go. 
Um, so what is one thing that you would say to, to families out there, couples out there, that might find right now, hey, they can relate? Or that it may not be abuse in the relationship, but there's, there's friction, there's fracture, there's tension. What is one thing that you would say to them if you were to sit with them today to encourage them? Can I say something primarily to the blokes? Sure. Okay, because I can't talk for for ladies, but guys, if you're struggling with anger, don't just don't just keep keep doing it. Don't just refuse to get help. Be fair, dinkum about it. Okay, you might look out there and you might see the ads on TV that say, you know, an angry man is a waste of space and and um, and everyone hates you. It's not true. God loves you. Amen. Your church loves you. There's help available, and please, I beg of you, if, if you're a young fella and you're struggling with anger, get the help now. Mm. Be the silly old man who sits up here in 30 years' time and cries his eyes out because God did such a good thing mm. in your life. And, and the same for us older blokes. You know, we've, we've got to keep turning to God. We've got to submit to God and be everything that God's called us to be Amen. and not be afraid to, to seek the help. I think if that helps anyone, you know, fantastic. It's truth, mate. It's what has to help. Yep. Amen. Anything, Vicky, you would share? Just And, and on, a, on a daily basis, even still now, I, I still saying in the earlier service that I still get the sulks and I don't want to try. And, you know, just on a daily basis, you've just got to, Bring yourself before God and say, look, get over yourself, <laughs> me. And think of the other person because I, we're human and we still, there's still that thing in us that wants to um, look after number one and um, it just doesn't work. You've just got to, you know, come before God every day and you've got to forgive. You've got to forgive every day. Like I still have to find myself saying, look, you know, stop talking about what happened last week just forgive and as soon as you forgive it's you're free mm. and like why does it take so many years to learn that if you don't forgive and just stay with god on yeah. everything yeah. Uh, well done thanks for that um thanks so much man give them a hand what a, what a great <laughs> oh, fantastic. fantastic um so as we come to a close, we're going to invite Mel and Nate back up to, to lead us in a song. We'll have a prayer team down here. If you need prayer, if you just want to pray for someone you know that's struggling in marriage, um, come down here, man. They'd love to pray with you. I'm happy to pray with you as well. Amanda will. Um, it, it's just important that we lift up this beauty of marriage because the oneness that God designed, it is his intent and it is his ability, as you hear in this testimony. They're not perfect. But there's a oneness there now that wasn't there before when they were trying to live life on their own. Because in our flesh, woman will do all she can to overthrow man. And in our flesh, man will do all he can to dominate woman. That's the scripture. But that can be changed through the power and the submission, as you just heard John say. When we submit ourselves to Christ, he can change our hearts and help us to honor and love one another. So, again, thanks so much for sharing. Um, invite Mel and Nate up. You guys... Yep, if you'd like to have a seat. Hey, uh, they're very open, as you see, and they would be happy to talk to any of if you'd like to have a chat with them. Yes, they'd be happy to talk with you. Um, and, and I hope you see today, beloved, that as a church family, we are open and we are free together, not just in marriage, but in community. And don't be ashamed. Don't be bashful. If you need prayer, you need encouragement today, 
Let's find it because God wants to do a work for you. So, Lord, I just give this time to you now as we move into our close of this freedom of coming before you and responding to what you're stirring in our hearts and just move as you see fit, Holy Spirit. We love you, we adore you, and we thank you that you're here in our midst to testify of the Son and draw us to his feet. Amen.